Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brent. And this episode, it's the Big 5-0 SST-50 Minute Flag. This one, of course, is a, a weird release. Interested to uh, see what you think about it, Brent. I, I have a sneaking suspicion I know what you might think about it, but uh, still interested to chat about this one. Okay. But hey, it's episode 50. Yeah, that's exciting. How many more episodes do we have to go then? Like 340-some? Something like that. That's a cinch. No prob. No prob. Yep. It, I just I I feel like we hit our stride on episode two, so this is all <laughs> this is going to be uh, easy as pie. Do you have any spiel's, my man? I do, but why don't you go first this week, Ryan? I always go first. Okay. Hey, uh, I, Ryan. You you've, yes. ha- you've had dinner already, though, right? Yeah. Why? Oh, never spiel before the meal. <laughs> <laughs> never spiel before the meal. Yep. Good. That was a close one. Which, of course, is from the liner notes of... Uh, we Became Snakes? There you go. boy, Atta boy. So I wanted to mention a book. And you know I'm a Buzzcocks fan. I've read a few Buzzcocks books. Is this, the, and, is this that, like, um, tour diary or whatever it is? It's not a tour diary, but it's like... There's, there's one that's like a... It's just like a chronology, yeah. like a tour diary type one. I've had my eye that, on that one. Is that one good? That's not the one I want to recommend. Have you read that one though? Yes. And, and the one I want, should I the one should I, I read it? No, this is the one you should read. Okay. And it's it's Steve Diggle's Rock and Roll Odyssey, Harmony in My Head. Okay. And it's a way better Buscock's bio. It's the best one I've read, and it's hilarious too. And, um, I mean, he obviously has kind of a ghost writer, this guy, Terry Rawlings, but it's the first piece that I've really read on the Buzzcocks that, you know, it's really good because it's written by someone who was actually there. Hmm. First one that I've read like that. So I really like it. And it's new. No, 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 no. It's, it's old. Um, I just finally tracked it down. I've been trying to find it forever. It's from 2003. Okay. But it's really, it's really interesting. It kind of goes through how they formed after seeing the pistols and how they were kind of running in the same circles as the Clash and the Jam and Joy Division and kind of the Manchester scene from back then. And it's kind of like, you know, we mentioned that Steve Jones book, how it's kind of written in his voice. Yep. This one's written in Steve Diggle's voice, and it's really good. It's And so it's, it's the best one I've checked out so far so i had to recommend that and i've got a second one to mention this is that soul asylum re-release that you recommended i got one of them in the mail oh really finally yeah i got made to be broken this is the one that's actually produced by bob mold no did you buy the cd version yes yeah because the lp does not have the extra tracks this is their second album I also ordered their first one, which is being re-released as well with like a dozen extra tracks. Say what you will, Clarence. Thanks for the recommend on that one. I listened, checked that one out a few times today and still like my early Soul Asylum. Anything before Runaway Train. Did you read, <laughs> yeah. Did you read uh, Robert Vodica's liner notes? I No, I haven't read it yet. I will. Is the book, is it a nice big book? Uh, it looks to be... 
Uh, it looks like it's about five or eight pages. The write-up's not super long. I'm just looking at the liner notes here, and it, they're actually written by someone named Gina Arnold. Oh, maybe he didn't do that one. Yeah, maybe it's the uh, the Say What You Will Clarence one. Yeah, maybe. What else? That's it for me. Oh. Hey, I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but you mentioned that Buzzcocks book, and you mentioned The Jam. I pick oh, up yeah. I pick up a lot of these books when I see them for cheap and add them to my stack of books that I want to read and I'm trying to find the time to read. And I bought one. It's called Our Story. It's Bruce Foxton and Rick Buckler wrote it, The Jam. Ah, Have you read that one? I've never read a book about The Jam. Okay. i got to get on that. Yeah, this one's older. So it was written in 1993 by the looks of things. I forgot I even had it, to be honest with you, but... Okay, here's... Yeah, the... it's in Diggle, uh, in, in Diggle's book, he keeps talking about how Paul Weller was, like, um, kind of a loner, and kind of gave off, and nervous, and kind of gave off a bit of a rock star vibe. Definitely, like, in the punk scene, I guess, they were the ones that really looked like they were professionals, because they had, like, big road case wardrobe boxes when they would uh, roll into town and had a tour bus and stuff like that. The the jam? Yeah, the jam. Well, they were mods, man. You got to look sharp, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. Well, here's what I have. So, have you you probably haven't, Ryan, cuz I know you you probably like just one or one album of theirs, but Voivod, who I'm a big fan of they have a new album coming out and they've released a track off of it and it's it unbelievable a it's a gooder yeah yeah i only own nothing face that's yeah. it well you might you know they're not they're you know they're not as heavy as they once were they are but you know they're also quite proggy now and supposedly this new album which is called the wake is going to be really proggy and the, this first song they've released obsolete beings is just insane how many mm. different directions it goes in interesting yeah i can't wait for the album i think it's going to be they, really good are they still based out of canada yep as far as i know probably montreal they've been touring a lot lately i've seen them a couple times in the last few years and uh, it seems like they they do a ton of touring, so they're yeah. probably pretty insane live too, right? Yeah, for real. And did I read something about them? How? I mean, you know the band better than I do, but they had like what's the name of the the lead singer, the original guy? It's a weird name, right? Like Snake or something yeah. like that. Denny what is Bo it? Denny Belanger, Snake. Yep. It is Snake. Okay, yeah. and then the bass player was it? Jason Newstead from Metallica at one point? At one point, yep. And now who is it? Uh, it's this guy, Rocky. I can't remember his real name, but, you know, all the Voivod dudes have names. His name's Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Snake and Rocky are back in the band, or whatever. Snake's been in the band for a while. Okay. Yeah, the only guy that's been in it the whole long is Michelle Levine, the drummer, Away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. His name is Away. Yeah, I'm gonna see something a little proggy in a, a couple of months. I'm gonna see Mastodon and Dinosaur Junior's opening up for them. That's the weirdest yeah. bill. Yeah, I'm going to that one too. I've seen Mastodon a few times. They're good. Yeah, 
You saw the Melvins. How was that? The Melvins were really good, and they're always good when you see them live. This time, though, it's interesting. The last time I saw them, they had Steve McDonald from Red Cross on bass. This time, they have Steve and Pincus from Butthole Surfers. And here's what I got to say about that. Pincus fits the Melvins like a glove. Yeah. That guy, he looks like like a homeless trucker with a big beard and gray. And you can tell like he just took off like a, a trucker cap when he gets on stage and he slings on that chrome colored flying V bass. I think it's an electrical guitars model, which I think is the same brand of guitar that Buzz plays. And I don't know, just when you think the Melvins can't get any heavier, when Pincus is on bass, they are actually heavier and he fits that band better than Steve McDonald, actually. Yeah. Steve McDonald plays a warlock, eh? Yeah, well, he, this time around, he has a bit of a kind of a, I don't know, kind of a bit of a glam type look, and even his stage presence is a bit glam, and it's kind of an ironic glam type of thing, and... Is it ironic? Because, I, mean, I mean, look at some of the Red Cross stuff. Yeah, no, maybe it's, well, it's ironic when you're in the Melvins, when King Buzzo wears like a big muumuu on purpose because it's like anti rock star. Right. And then you've got Steve McDonald next to him doing like, you know, unskinny bop moves and stuff like that. Right. Whereas on the other side of the stage, Pincus is, he's not having any down. of that. <laughs> no, he's, he's laying down like the thunder broom and his fingers are just going crazy like a jackhammer. And he would, he would lift up his flying V bass when there was a big kind of pause and just like bend the string and then wham, he would slam it down and it was just heavy and he's tight and he's quick. So I hope um, it's too bad because the Pincus abortion technician record that the Melvins put out. It's a bit of a snoozer. Kind of, well, it's kind of so, so, and yeah. I would love to see Pincus stay in the band and really come into his own. I mean, he was on Hold It In, too, right? I don't and know. That was, I'm ready for the big well, business thing to happen again. Yeah. He can't beat Jared and Cody in the yeah. Melvins. It's pretty deadly. Yep. Yeah, Melvins were great. Go see live music. There's great stuff all the time to go see. You just have to look for it. Here's some great stuff that I saw a few years ago, Ryan. I think you went went to this tour, too. Paul Collins has a new album coming out. Also released a single called Go, which is going to be on his new album, Out of My, Mo- Out of My Head. Sorry. And it's great. It's a great track. So I'm really looking forward to that. I love all of his stuff. So, Yeah, me too. You know, he has been through town a few times, and I just didn't get up my, off my butt and go see him a couple of times. And then I finally went and saw him. And I'm like, damn. So I awesome, missed, hey? I missed out. And yeah. he's one of the guys that I'm keeping. Because he comes in really quiet into town. Like, it's there's not a lot of posters or anything like that. You can miss it really yeah. easy. For some reason, his promo is not super hyped, I guess. And um, I'm keeping my eye out because, and he's always got a killer backing band too, right? Yeah, totally. I think he, I think he picks up some musicians from one of the coasts and just tours with them. They're they're all in a different band or something like that. Yeah, he was amazing when I saw him. Totally. One other thing, Ryan, uh, we got great response to our uh, what's the dude's name? Ichiro Suzuki. Ichiro. Ichiro. <laughs> Thanks again to Michael T. Fournier for for that great uh, blog post. And by the way, Ichiro Suzuki is only one of the best hitters of all time. Anyways. Roger that. 
<laughs> Do you want to fetch the water? Yeah, sure. History lesson, part one. Minute flag. This one is, it's out there. And basically, it's the Minutemen and Black Flag jamming in the studio. There's not much more to it than that. I mean, they were, I think it's during the Black Flag Loose Nuts sessions, right? Yeah, March 3rd was when it was recorded while they were making uh, Loose Nut. Flag had invited uh, Boone, Watt, and Hurley for a loose jam session and a hangout. They spent that, it was a Sunday, they spent the day playing and, and hanging out, out in the studio. I found a thing online in, uh, you know that Magnet magazine? Yeah, I found the same article, you but you go. It. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this guy, Brian Bierman, I guess he has a series called Hidden Gems. I don't know if this is a hidden gem. It's not for me. But he says, according to an interview with Watt in Flipside a few weeks later, like after the session, uh, he says that the original plan was to re release these recordings as a benefit for anti-nuclear group Alliance for Survival. But then when they uh, edited the tapes and mixed them in April, apparently they, they made some sort of pact where they decided not to release them until one of the bands broke up. Which, yeah. Which um, essentially Minutemen did on December 22nd of that year when D. Boone passed away. Yeah, it was interesting when I read that Magnet article and I found a couple of other articles about how people really talk about this album positively like you know great songs you know really interesting and for me it's just kind of okay it's a neat idea it's a neat idea i i just wish it was better it ought to be better that's the problem i have with it it should be way better you know yeah well i doubt they ever planned on releasing it when they recorded it for me they could have just put fetch the water on like the blasting concept part two and just never release the rest of this although i mean i do like i do like the artwork i like the cover <laughs> i like the look <laughs> the artwork's the best thing about it yeah now as much as i am not a huge fan of this record i do appreciate that it exists i like that it exists you know what i mean like yeah the the, the concept of the bands getting into the studio and just screwing around and then they end up putting it out well, it, it kind of reminds you of how friendly the two bands were, right? I mean, they toured together in a van. You know, the Minutemen were the first band signed to SST, you know, besides Black Flag. I, I think that's kind of forgotten because later on they kind of seemed to go their, you know, maybe their own ways a little bit more. You know, because Minutemen were kind of headliners themselves. Yeah, for sure. After Double Nickels and certainly when they were touring their butts off on project merch and stuff like that they were getting a lot of attention yeah i don't know i it's not something i ever listened to one thing that was interesting to me though ryan is that i found a few references that it you know to the fact that it they had all agreed that this wasn't going to come out until one of the bands split up so this came out like three-way tie for last that came out when d boone was still alive right think so i don't know that for a, i don't know that for a fact though well, they, they did that final tour, and they did some touring with R.E.M., and I think they were tour touring that album. But that one's not going to come out for, like, another ten releases. So, again, it leads me to believe that this one was, like, you know, catalog number or whatever you, you call it was left open. And yeah, they, and out this of came, order. And this came out later. My list here shows Three-Way Tie coming out in 86. 
So I think that that's right, that uh, they probably would have been touring on this with R.E.M. In, uh, in the summer, they're leading up to this recording session and then when D-Boom passed away in December. All right, let's talk about the tracks. Let's do it. History Lesson, Part 2. So, you know, Ryan, that Magnet article, <laughs> I've listened to this, I bought this a long, long time ago. I've listened to it a fair amount, and I never realized what the lyrics to Fetch the Water were about until I read this Magnet article. I guess I just never listened to them. But I read it, and then I listened to it again today, and he's right. Here's what he says. He says it's written and sung by D. Boone. It's definitely sung by him. I, I assume the lyrics are written by him. The music is very similar to this era of the Minutemen. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Corona or something like that almost, you know? Mm, I would I would say it's kind of Project Mersh three-way tie-ish, not yeah. really Corona-ish. I just mean Corona-ish anyway. in the sense that it's it's almost like a folk tune. Yeah, but instead of an oompa, it's kind of like a samba beat or a calypso. He says it details a mother's command to her oldest son to bring back water so the family can boil potatoes for dinner. After an arduous trip, including getting knocked over by a stranger, the son returns to find that his mother has cooked the food in his absence, and there is none left. What a good old potato boil. Yep. <laughs> and he says, when he's not doing his Speedy Gonzalez impression during the song, Rollins sings backups and laughs maniacally at the boy. <laughs> The fun, catchy Calypso groove sounds like nothing else in either group's canon, as well as being the only instance of Rollins yelling, Arriba! on a Black Flag record. <laughs> I think it's the only track that Rollins appears on too, right? Probably it's the only one with vocals, so... Yeah, I think that's it. It's the best, I mean, I don't know, spoiler alert, it's probably the best song on the record, but it's not the greatest song. And then the second one on side two is Power Failure. The only thing remarkable about that for me is George, Georgie tearing it up on the bongos. Yep, agreed. Flip it over and you've got Friends. I wrote that's the most Minutemen sounding song. I don't. I can't even hear Greg Ginn on that one. It's all D Boone soloing on that one. Yep. It's a little busy with the two bassists. You've got yeah. It, it, you've got Mike though. Mike on lead bass here on the back, and then Kira just on bass. <laughs> so. Yeah. A bit of a precursor to Dose, maybe. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. And then the last track, Candy Rush, is really short. You can hear the engineer Dave Tarling saying there's limited amount of tape uh, space left on the tape, and I'm assuming that's why this track kind of abruptly ends. Yep. I like the instrument that Georgie's playing on Friends in Candy Rush. Bean Can? Yeah, Bean Can. <laughs> Hope you, didn't, hope you didn't spill them. Don't spill the beans. Bean spill? Bean spill. And you got you got uh what is it? You got to uh don't spiel before the meal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. You gotta pull that one out again, I bet. Oh yeah. Should we talk about the uh the artwork? Yeah, we mentioned the artwork. It's it's done by Joe Biza. You and I both like it. It's kind of Pettibone esque. Or maybe it's just yeah. the caption that makes me think that. Yeah, it is. I mean, the strokes of his pen and, and that type of work is definitely different than Pettibone, but the caption makes you think of Pettibone for sure. What's it say beside his signature? Is that the date? 485? 485 is, 
is what it looks like to me. Yeah. I like the way they kind of mash up the two bands' logos. Minute flag. Yeah. That's cool. And then on the back, we've got some great pictures of, of all the players. I love my favorites are George Hurley because of the McSqueeb that he's rocking, the haircut. <laughs> D Boone, always photogenic. Yeah, it always looks like he's uh, putting on a sourpuss for sure. Yeah, he looks like a tough guy in this one. And then you got Mike Watt, I like, really like here too. Really shows his personality. Look how thin Billy is, hey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What else? Um, and Rollins is in full Manson. And Ginn has probably got a, a pound of weed stashed in his hair. <laughs> I noticed here that it, New Alliance gets credited on this. I guess that's the publishing for for the Minutemen. Also. Yeah. yeah. More artwork on the back, too. By... So it's Sorry to cut you off, Ryan. It's, it's funny that this came out on SST and not New Alliance. It's more of a New Alliance. Well, maybe not. SST was doing a lot of this kind of stuff around this time like the October faction and it could have very easily fit on new Alliance for sure. I, I could see that. I mean, you mentioned crime the other day on uh, the last podcast. I think that was on the world broken podcast. You mentioned that because we were talking about an improv album and new Alliance has a bunch of stuff like that too. So I, I hear you on that. The artwork on the back is kind of like, I don't know, like a spiny worm or maybe even like a, cactus or something it works it's kind of weird i always just assumed it was a close-up of the grasshopper but yeah i don't know maybe it's a puppet <laughs> could be <laughs> sorry had had to that's about it ryan should i do the dead wax oh yeah because other than the artwork the dead wax might be uh might be the second best thing i guess the thing i saw kind of suggested that this was a tribute to d boone yeah, exactly. Side one, if there's one thing life can guarantee, side two, it's in keeping its meaning a mystery. Yeah, in that Magnet article, it seemed to suggest that that is a pretty clear reference to the fact that this was released after D. Boone died. Ryan? Yo! I'm going to let you pick the ballot result this week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Ballot result. What do you think? It's got to be fetch the water, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just got to be. You know, I was trying to think, is there anything else out there that you and I have, like in our collections or anything like that, that is a release like this, where it's kind of two bands mashing up together? Hmm. And it doesn't necessarily need to be like an improv type session, but... You know, two bands say, let's be one band for this recording and put it out. Probably. There's got to be something. I just can't think of it. Yeah, there probably is. Maybe on something on Discord or, or Alternative Tentacles or something. Mm, yeah. I was kind of thinking, I was thinking like garage bands or something. Yeah, maybe. Like if the Cynics and the Chesterfield Kings put out a release together or something like that. Lots of... I've got lots of like singles where bands record each other's songs and and do split singles. That's not really the same thing, though. No, that's not even close, man. Yeah, you're stretching. I'm stretching. All right, should we talk about next week? What about yeah, yeah? Let's talk about next week. <laughs> <laughs> you got me thinking now. 
Yeah, well, some homework. Bring it up on the next episode. I bet you you will be able to come up with an example. Oh, I'm going to be scouring my collection. I bet you I wouldn't know where to even start, but I bet you it exists. What's next week, Ryan? Yeah, so next week is a single. It's SST51, Husker Du, the Makes No Sense at All, Love is All Around split. That'll be very cool. Last time we did a Who's Could Do single, it was 8 Miles High, which is a really good one, and so was this one. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.